Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, welcome back to the program. My next guest today is Ariana Worthen, a 33-year-old single woman and member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She opens up about the joys and challenges of dating in the LDS community while living in the motherland of Utah. There may just be too many choices for one girl to make. Ari, thank you so much for joining me today. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, anytime, anytime. (laughs) Okay, as a younger single member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you for calling me younger. Younger? (laughs) Well, you're younger than me, so (laughs) that qualifies. Incredible. And you were talking to me about the kind of the challenge of being, and for those who don't know about a lot about the LDS culture, sometimes being single is like death. (laughs) <laughs> it's a sin worse than death, being single. You're, I know for the men, if they're not married by age 25, they're considered what, a menace to society. In Mormon folklore, apparently Brigham Young said that, correct? That no, did he? Men are a menace to society if they're not married because they're just like animals on the hunt. I don't know if there's a similar thing for women, is there? Uh, is there probably. a certain age where you're dangerous now that you're? Oh gosh, I feel like it's younger for women than it is men. And we've we got be a real. biological clock ticking. So what you clock ticking? And you're how old? I'm 33. 33. I don't think there is one for ladies. I think you you guys can just be single as long as you want, according to the culture. But yes, biological clock. So tell me what it is about the say the challenge you have dating. Um, also, you mentioned earlier that you know, being active, actively, faithfully active in the church can be challenging if friends are not or friends are leaving because mm-hmm. there is, I wouldn't say people are leaving the church in droves, but it certainly exists. It, it happens. Yeah. People have their faith journey. So tell me, tell me what it is about that. That's the challenge for you. Yeah, I think that maybe I'll start with a little bit of background. I was born here in Utah, but I was raised in New Zealand. And so I grew up in an LDS community that was quite a bit different from here in Utah. Um, smaller, for sure. And um, I guess as a result, there were some cultural differences. Now, I moved here to Utah five years ago, almost. And... Um, I, I love living here, by the way, like I, I I think there's so much opportunity here. I've met some incredible people. It's beautiful. I, I hope I never move from Utah, if I'm being honest. Um, you better be honest. No liars on this show. (laughs) Okay. I'll try. Um, so yeah, I I really love this state, but I have noticed, uh, growing up outside of it and then moving into it some differences between here and other places and i have i have lived in multiple other countries um and other states within the u.s so i have seen major differences culturally especially when it comes to dating so when i first moved here i was really excited because the lds population is obviously larger here than 
anywhere else. No way. Maybe <laughs> maybe besides Tonga. Get out. <laughs> you're uh, saying there's, are you saying, if, if I understood you correctly, you're suggesting that there might be more Mormons here in <laughs> Utah than anywhere else? Yes, most likely, in case you didn't know that. Surprise. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, and so I was excited because I moved here when I was 29. Um, now, in New Zealand, there was like nobody left LDS single over 25. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> this is probably not what's best for me. So let me move. I mean, that wasn't the only reason for me moving. But I was just excited to be able to date people of my faith that were around my age. Um, and... Then I started to notice some that Utah came with some like pretty interesting dating habits. I don't know if you call it a habit, maybe yeah, culture or dating behaviors. Activities, behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. And um like as, like what? Oh, there are so many. Peculiar. But I'll give you give me one. Um, okay. Because there are so many people of our faith here, it's kind of like the kid in a candy store concept where it's like you there is and i call it an illusion by the way but the illusion of so having so many options and people just can't like quite pick one and stick with one so they take one piece of candy but they just like they can't help but want a different one and want more that's, <laughs> that's my best analogy that's a good analogy <laughs> kid in a candy store and i get it because i've been there and i've done it over the past but then you find that some of the candy tastes nasty <laughs> and some of it's really good right some of it's really good and you probably shouldn't have let it go. Okay. So anyways, I noticed that um, a lot of like the searching for perfection and thinking that perfection actually exists because of the numbers here. But again, I the illusion of the numbers like, oh, well, he's got this wrong or she's got that wrong. It's not worth working through. I know that I've got a bench or a roster over there full of people that I can try. Do you think that's a, I have this theory about like the, the dating apps, for example, mm-hmm. and the downside of that is because there's so many quote unquote options, according to the numbers that you back in the, you know, the olden days when I was dating in the eighties, you didn't have any of this. If something wasn't quote unquote perfect, you went out on another date, you tried again, you gave it more chances. Whereas now swipe it next sure yeah i definitely think that plays a role combined with the fact that we do have a big lds pop community here more candy yeah more candy okay you know which can be great for time but then i think eventually at some point it's not so great you want a meal not a piece of candy yeah yeah if we're using food analogies we want to progress at some point okay um and so anyway i've yeah, I, if you talk to single adults, I have friends, you know, in the early 20s, right up until like mid 40s who were single, and um, they all really complained about the same thing. And it's almost like the older you get, the more your pull shrinks because, you know, people are obviously going off and getting married, the lucky ones, or they um, are leaving the church. And if you have a desire to marry someone within the gospel, then that really shrinks your pool, your dating pool. And that's another challenge in and of itself. There's a lot of people out there, including myself, that are like optimistic about it. 
and at the same time kind of torn. Like, well, what do I really want? There are a lot of people in this demographic who are leaving the church. And so we're kind of stuck here like, well, I still believe in it. I really want to live it. Do I, you know, for the sake of numbers, like, do I limit myself to those who have remained in the gospel? Or do I consider dating those outside of the gospel who are good people? They just no longer believe. Would it be worth it to pursue if you met somebody who did leave the church? Would that be a deal breaker for you? If someone, if someone was in all other respects, like checked off every box for you, except for that one, um, would that be a deal breaker? I want to say no, but I think I've experienced enough in life to know that I don't really want to put like an absolute on it. Because the chances of that person maybe coming back in or are still there. Yeah. It's, it's not, not ideal. It's not what I want ideally, but I'm not going to put a hard no on it at this point. Okay. So yeah, it can be, it can pretty, be pretty frustrating out there right now. Well, so what do you, how are you navigating that? <laughs> uh, how, or how have you, since you moved here five years ago, what has changed in your approach to? Oh my gosh. Well, first, seeking an eternal companion. Yeah, great. Um, I or that, even a temporary one, I guess. Yeah, it's fine too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, for one, I've had to do a lot of my own growing up. I will say that. <laughs> I've realized that um, I've come to, to realize that the more I can focus on my relationship with myself um, rather than these outward relationships with others, um, I am like attracting in the certain types that I'm looking for. I definitely haven't found the one yet, but as I've like dated throughout the years here, I feel like I've gotten closer to, to who it is I really want to be with. Um, but that's only come as a result of me coming to know myself more and what it is that I really want. So I think that's something I see a lot like within my friends groups is people you know complaining there's no one good out there there's no good guys left or there's no good girls left you know we have to go out of state i hear that a lot we have to go shopping out of state yeah we have to we call it um we call it there's a term for it and uh, we either need to go out of state and find someone or we want to find an import and an import of someone who was not raised in utah because <laughs> apparently they're are the ones ra- the ones that are raised here are they are they less than <laughs> ideal they're, they're seen as like having all the the poor behaviors of a because they've never experienced anything different exactly outside of here. exactly so um yeah that that attitude definitely exists of like well they're guys the guys here suck or the girls here suck but i don't I believe that partially, but then I'm also a big believer in taking responsibility for ourselves first. And I really do think that if we can just focus on improving and aligning ourselves with our truth, whatever that is, um, that we will just be naturally drawn to or attract in those same types of people. Yeah, you have to become what you want. Exactly. Thing, which a lot of people like want perfection and someone they meet, but they're not willing to live that way. 
And yeah. that math doesn't work out. No, it doesn't. And I've like, I've only learned that lesson in the past like six months, more so heavily in the past three months. So it's a new lesson for me. I'm 33, but it's, I've, I've almost been forced to do it because, you know, I haven't had things work out the way that I've wanted in this particular area of my life. And I've had to take a good hard look at myself and be like, okay, what I'm the common denominator here. Like, which is huge to recognize that that's a huge maturing position, mature position to have. Yeah. When you said I'm the common denominator, what am I doing that could change? Yeah. What can I improve? What can I work on? And I think once I had that shift in mindset, I was able to have more, um, I felt like I was in more, I felt like I was in control more. Rather than because you are yeah, because well, you're, you're relying right. on your your ha- for your happiness on someone else. Correct. Yeah. Or the outcome of a relationship. Yeah. Where now I'm like, well, hang on. Let me just let me focus on improving and the ways I need to improve upon, and put time and effort into that. Um, as a result, I'm going to feel better as an individual first and foremost. Secondly, I can be a better friend and sister and coworker and a, you know citizen to those around me. But then, hopefully, I, you know, as a result, I find my person too. So, to to be continued on that one. To be continued. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do a follow up <laughs> when you find your person. He's going to have to be really special. Well, <laughs> and should be, and should yeah. be. Um, I, I I got I got married when I was thirty. And I'm sure people were worried about me. I didn't grow up in the in the church, so I didn't have that pressure from family. Like, what's wrong with you? You must be broken because you're not married at 22. I know. Oh my God. Which is nuts to think about. Um, hmm. So you were you were you were 30. I was 30. Mm. Nice. <laughs> so, but yeah, I had a friend who got married when he was 40 for the first time, and yesterday, no, two days ago, another friend who's he's 43 just got married for the first time amazing so i don't know if there's a obviously society people are married in their 20s that's normal that's more popular just more normal but have you thought that there's something wrong with you oh for sure oh my gosh you're you're an attractive young woman you're 33 you're not married and i'm i'm sure people think that too because that's Absolutely. You know, We're like, well, what, what's wrong what, yeah, you, with me? You seem really cool. And I see that in my friends too, both guys and girls were just like, oh, is this something wrong? And like I said, I think it's really important to identify the areas in which you need to work on regardless. But um, yeah, those thoughts definitely cross my mind. And I just have to remind myself that, you know, all of our paths look different and the timeline of events in which these things happen don't always look the same for for each of us. Yeah. And that's okay. And that there's beauty in that. And you're not broken. No. Or there's nothing wrong. No. But we, we, we tend to go there sometimes. Uh, it's easy to get into that space. They're like, ooh, she must be crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not joking. Uh, maybe. I mean, I think we've all got a little crazy no, in all, us. Of course we do. <laughs> But I remember I, I've had conversations with like, oh, well, I see some some attractive woman and she's not married, and my brain goes there. Like, exactly. Like, why she must not? Be a wacko. Mm-hmm. 
you know, there must be more than obviously more to the package that I'm seeing. You know, she must be loony. Sure. It's it's kind of silly. Oh, that with we go men. There. Oh, with men. Yeah. What do you see like, as a man? What do you see? Oh, the classic Tell is like, what, oh, he's for sure a narcissist. That's like the word now that's thrown out there for narcissist. guys. Yeah. Always like for the for the woman, it's oh they're crazy, and for the guys, it's like oh he's a narcissist. And rather, and rather than it probably should be, maybe they're just choosing wisely because this is a big decision, mm-hmm. and obviously you'll never know a person. You can't know. I, I've been married for twenty four years. My wife and I have evolved a lot. Yeah, there's no way you can know what you're going to be or how you're going to feel. No. I'm sure there's someday she looks at me and says. Oh man, I settled. I settled. I'm sure there's days when <laughs> maybe she's like, she's like well, "Who are you again? And why, why? How did this? Why did we like each other? What? What's going on here?" It's a risk you take. It's a risk, and it is. It's lack of. It's a gamble because mm-hmm. you don't know, and, and each one of you brings a whole life to a marriage that that could be polar opposites, and then you, unless you're actively working at that every day. And knowing yourself and there's still things that, that I say to my wife or uh, that I, I probably should know mm-hmm. about her that I don't. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I, it's something I, I, I don't do a very good job of nurturing our relationship. No, I don't think I do near a good enough job of yeah. doing that. You get busy, you get, you have, you know, kids come, you got financial challenges, life challenges, life things. There's a lot, there's a lot to deal with. There's a lot of life. If your own, if you bring in your own traumas that you either which do we or all do, do not know about, which we all do. Yeah. And everybody has something. We've all got them. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you also can't control the other person. Nope. And you cannot rely on them for your happiness. Nope. They, they can do things that will make, you choosing to be happy easier. Yes. But, and it's interesting, We, you know, you talk of love and this unconditional love thing, and I've never really bought into that. With my kids, yes. Yeah. With other adults, I don't think, it, I don't think it's real because if I'm a complete asshole to my wife, and I have been at times where she's probably wanted to walk away, I expect that because... I have to earn that. I don't expect her just to take all my garbage and just, oh, Lottie, da, I just love you because you're. Because <laughs> I married you. That's what I'm supposed to do. No. No. That has to be something that's nurtured and worked on all the time. And, and I probably fail often. I'm sure everyone does, though. And then you, you know, you got to just wor- decide if that's worth trying. And yeah. But that is, that is the risk you take. And so I think there are people out there who are just slow moving into jumping in. And then there is a lot of, there are a lot of divorce. I'm a divorcee. There's a ton of us here. And, oh, I didn't and for some reason know that. I didn't, you know that? Oh, maybe you mentioned it once. Tell me, yeah. tell me about that. How long were you um, so, married? Yeah. So I was actually married at 19. Which I think is way too young. Honestly. Very young. My parents tried to <laughs> candidly try to talk me out of it. Okay. But I was very stubborn and. Of course, yeah. Because what do they know? Right. Exactly. I knew everything. And you wouldn't have believed. Of course I did. What do you mean? And now looking back. Now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, my parents. Were so right. Were so wise. How long were you married? Uh, Four and a half years. And he he was also very young. He was uh, like 20, I think 22, 23. It's kind of like fresh-ish off the mission. Um, But that's, that's what I 
was taught to do growing up in young women's, it was, um, you know, you get through young women's and the next step, I mean, now I think it's a bit more common to teach girls to go get an education and encourage them to do that. But back then it was like, well, you, then you get married and you have a family. And so I was like, well, this is it. I had no idea what I was doing. I look at other people that got married around that age or like anywhere between 19 and 25 and they're still married. And I'm like, good for you guys. Because I don't, I, I really didn't, I did not know who I was. I didn't know at that time how to receive answers to prayer. I didn't know. I didn't have the information and the experience and wisdom that I have now to know what to look for in someone when I'm choosing an ideal partner or an ideal spouse. Like it's, I don't know any of that stuff. Cause you're still a child. I was a child. I only know what I know now because of the experiences I've had, but I'm 33 now. And that's again, for those who aren't familiar with the LDS culture, we we're encouraged to get married very young while it works out for some, I think generally speaking, it's, it's not, you know, mandated, obviously, but it's, I think it's too young. Yeah. At 19, I was, I couldn't even get out of my own way. I no, I had no idea what I was doing. To be, to a, I would have been divorced, I'm sure, more than once had I got married that young, I, I think. Yeah, it's, it's too, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I look back and I'm like, I don't, I don't really ever have the mindset of, oh, I, I should have done that different or I could have done that differently or would I, would I have if I, I don't really go down that path because I feel like that kind of thinking doesn't really serve me. So I more just try to focus on, well, what did I learn from it? What wisdom did I gain? And how can I ensure that I am implementing that into my life now? And sometimes, you know, I've had to learn the lesson, you know, especially when it comes to dating over and over again. But each time I try and take a bit of knowledge and carry it with me for the next one. Looking back on that marriage, when did you know, like, ooh, this was maybe not the best decision? Probably three years in. Oh, so you went a long time before you. Mm-hmm. And did he change at all? Or who, I mean, did you, you Me. both obviously changed, but you just I'm had the a one that, yeah. Was he the same? You just like, ah, I don't. Yeah, he's, he's, he stayed, he stayed the same. I'm the one that definitely did a lot more of the changing. And, um. For yourself or because you thought you needed to do it for him? For myself. I, I just grew up. And I know it was only three years, but you can grow up a lot in three years. And then, and then in the fourth year and then kind of going into the fifth year, I was like, uh. I made the wrong, I think I made the wrong decision. So I had to choose then. Do I stay or, and just like make it work, which I could have, or do I leave? Because this isn't, I don't think this was the right decision. And it was really hard for me, especially I was like a young woman's president at the time in my ward. I was very active. I come from a family where they are too. Um, and so it was a really, really difficult decision for me. Was it difficult for you or because of what you thought? How or how? how oh, you I know what you're asking. To the, to the culture, the to your family. The latter. 
The letter, like the letter, what do you mean? The letter. Oh, the ladder. That's my sorry. accent, sorry. I'm yeah. trying to change it to be it's American. A- no. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was actually... The social in- pressure. It was. Pressure, like, mm-hmm. oh, she failed at something so great and big. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have made the decision to leave sooner had you not felt the, the, the social pressure? Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did he take it? Was not it, well was it, was it, it was it wasn't mutual you were just like mm, i don't he didn't want to at first but honestly it, w- it ended up being pretty amicable and he is um he's a really good guy i'll still hear from him from time to time and we've had conversations over the years where i have nothing but love and gratitude for him now and you know he's happy they're living the life that he is and i'm here so i and you're here you're just here i'm just here. not happy living the life you're uh, living no i am actually okay. very happy <laughs> I mean, it's a roller coaster, but for the most part, I'm very grateful for the life yeah, that I live. Roller coasters are fun. I actually hate roller coasters. Well, generally speaking, roller coasters <laughs> are fun. Are they though? I yeah. The downs they are fun. The ups me. are fun. The anticipation on the ups. To the uh, so uh, yeah, you could look at a roller coaster as. But that's life. Thing. That's life. I'm learning that. Yeah. It's just part of life. It's not to expect to be happy all the time. Isn't even. It's not even reality. No, because no, if you are, then you know the whole the opposition in all things if you don't know good you won't know bad and oh, and then where's the growth yeah if everything's the same all the time there is none i have gr- yeah i feel like most people would probably agree with me i have grown the most from my difficult moments it's it's well, not you're uncomfortable because ex- when you're uncomfortable you change things because you don't want to be uncomfortable exactly but when i'm just like sitting happily and just cruising along no i'm not making any progress i sure love those moments for like you know, yeah. I get to breathe and I'm like, oh, that's great. But I'm learning to, I'm learning to appreciate the uncomfortable moments too. And then when you don't have them, it's, because uh, my thinking is like, I want them to come, but I almost have, you almost have to create your own. Because it, hey God, can I have some uncomfortable moments today? And he's not just going to give those to you. I mean, you almost have to create your own. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I, good I'm, at that. I'm I'm not <laughs> creating uncomfortable. I like to be comfortable. We like to be comfortable. It's normal. The brain yeah. says this is hard. Don't do this. Yeah, I'm good at it. I'm not, I don't necessarily like it, but yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm excited for my future. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on this topic it, what what else do you want to share or maybe that you want people to know or maybe advice to ni- your 19 year old self you know what would you say to her yeah um there's no rush to, to i mean and specifically with getting married yeah there's there's no rush at the same time i think that i mean 19 was just far too young but um it's really important to get to know ourselves a bit better before we make a commitment such as marriage because it is a life-altering decision. And who we marry, who we choose to marry, really you know, can change dramatically on who you choose and, and plays a role in the way that your life ends up looking, honestly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just to take time to learn to love yourself 
more and know yourself. It's hard to do. Really, really difficult. Because we usually bash our own selves. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I th- if you know if if one believes in God and Satan, Satan. If you if you believe in those powers, he doesn't want you to be happy. So he's gonna. I mean, you just think you just think about when you make a a dumb decision. You think it's a dumb decision, and you just you're like, "Oh, you stupid idiot! What are you thinking?" And you're saying that to yourself. But you're so used to doing it, you don't even notice how harmful it is. But if you said if you said so, half the things you say to yourself to your friends, you wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> no. And it, I think it's it's easier. Exactly. Because you don't get hurt if you said those things and it hurt you. The way you, it would probably hurt your friends. You would never say that. But in reality, it does hurt you, right? It does, but it's so subtle. Yeah. But years of it. Years of it. Mm -hmm. It's it's, it's your comfort and misery. And and then we get to a point, though, where we're like, oh. Yeah. There's something here. Okay. In the beginning, we talked about some of the navigation, some of the challenges in navigating this is your friends and friends boyfriends dating opportunities that are leaving the faith mm-hmm. and, you know you know the faith crisis that's happening what's your concerns around that yeah and i think it's not even just within dating it is but also just in friendships i've even within the five years that i've lived here i've noticed that there is a greater divide between those who are remaining or choosing to remain in the faith and those who are choosing to leave and when I say divide, I just, I feel like there is, unfortunately, less tolerance uh, for those on either side. So I feel like a few years ago, it used to be more of like, oh, well, you're figuring it out. Oh, you've you, you've chosen to leave. Okay, well, um, we still love you. We still care for you. We can kind of still be around each other and it'd be okay. Whereas now I, I feel like people are being forced to choose a side and then stick to that side. And I'm, I'm not really sure why, but it's just starting to look like that. It's the politics of faith. What do you mean? Well, it, there's politics and people are, you're seeing that in politics. Oh, with, gotcha. With, with, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whatever party you subscribe mm-hmm. to. That's a good way of putting it actually. That's, it's volatile. It's vitriolic. It's, venom mm-hmm. spewing and it's an us versus them mm-hmm. yeah 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 and it, it, it feels transfers, that way it, it that translates over into the gospel and membership of the church as well yeah and by the way i've seen it from both sides going like aimed toward the other side it goes both ways it does yeah and it's it's almost like oh well we'll just tolerate you now Mm-hmm. And what about... Yeah, exactly. This, Rather than loving... The commandment of loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't say, love your neighbor if they're in the club or if they look like you or talk like you or think like you. He said, love your neighbor. And I, my theory as to why we're seeing so much of this now is, yeah, I think Satan's stirring the pot, stirring men's hearts and women's hearts. But it's to give us opportunities to love those who are different. Yeah. And I've got some of that in my family in terms of in, in, uh, most of the, the arguments have been around politics, and, but it doesn't do any good to argue. No. And try to fix or save them. No. Because, or we'll, we'll pray for you. We'll, we'll put your name in the, 
that's that's patronizing and it is when it comes it is when it comes to the way in which they have chosen to live their life and what they have identified as what makes them happy yeah well one of my daughters left the church and then she 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 moved out and she was she wasn't happy with it she wasn't angry she was angry with us and she felt like people who who were people were still reaching out to her from the ward from the church from the congregation and she hated it and now that she's been out of the home for a couple of years she's still not in the church anymore but I have the best relationship with her that we've ever had mm. and she's matured and she's a more decent human being than she was because she was kind of snarky but she has really evolved and I love hanging out with her now awesome and if she ever comes back to the church, would that be great? Sure. But I have a relationship with her, and that's more important to me. Yeah. And my older daughter as well. She doesn't. She left the church as well, and things upset her about it. And she hears things, and sometimes she says, "Why? How can you guys be a part of this club, this church that supports things that hurt me?" And. I think almost wanted us to not be in it, but me staying in it, that's where I learn how to be a better father and a better friend. Sure. Yeah. So that's, so I'm going to stay in it and try to make it better. Try to teach people better. Not that I have all the answers, but what I've learned. Yeah. And I think that, I think the church needs that. I think it needs its members who, um, are more like you in the sense that they are able to love those who believe and choose to live differently while still keeping their voice of or sharing their the sharing their voice their testimony because like you and I have talked about before the two should coexist and they can yeah we just have to and there's a mentality in politics that, that's also, again, spilled over into religion, that if I talk to the opposition, the enemy, then I'm giving up my values and I'm supporting what the enemy stands for. And I just don't think that's true. No. No. Uh, I'm fascinated by people leaving the church and I'm fascinated by people coming into the church. Mm-hmm. I want to know their stories. I want to know what choices or what things have happened to them in their lives that have caused them to think that coming in is a good idea and leaving is a good idea. Yeah. And I think if we go about it with that attitude of understanding as a baseline. Seeking to understand. I don't see a downside. No. No. And I've, I've, I grew up in it. I, I don't think I've ever left, but I definitely uh, was an actor for a few years and then I came back, and even that journey in itself has kind of been up and down. It hasn't been linear at all. But over the past few months, I've decided that I really want to go all, you know, all in again. But that's been a process. It's taken me years. So I've got a unique perspective in that I've grown up with it. I've lived with it. I, I've lived without it. Um, and so I'm like you. I really appreciate um, learning about those who have left and who have decided to come into it there's so much to learn there and i think the more information we can gather and 
the more we can learn to appreciate each other's differences and experiences, the more we're able to bless the lives of others. That's what I've come to find. And yeah. I love it. Fine. Be that way. <laughs> you be that way. And tell me what to do. Well, and having the relationships with people now and, and there, there's a, f- a fear. Well, if, if, if my whole family is in the gospel and we're an eternal family and we were sealed in the temple, that if, if some of them choose to step away from that now, that somehow our family won't be eternal anymore. And in all fairness, maybe like, I don't even like you guys now. Why, why would I want to be with you <laughs> eternally? But Valid. my theory is God's going to work out all those details and he wants us to love people, to love our kids and love our family, love our friends. That, to me, those relationships, those are the ones I can control. I can't control when I die, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, we have this the gospel plan, and it makes sense. I don't know that it's true. But we don't, we don't have, yeah, we don't have all of the information. We are not no. all knowing. Sometimes I think it's easy to get caught up and think that we, we do know it all, but we really don't. We don't. People are so complex, the way that we're made up, all the experiences we've had, just the way that we're wired. I just, God knows it all. So thankfully for, thankfully for me and for everyone else at the end of the day, I am not the judge. <laughs> um, he is. And so I, I agree that I think everything will be made right in the end because he is a loving God. And I think that he, I think that he will, all will be made well in the end. So cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Amen. Any other final thoughts? Um, I think my final thoughts would be, and I've to your fans, to our fans, to all my fans out there um, <laughs> who don't exist, uh, would be. You and I have talked about this briefly, but it would be to, if you haven't already identify what truth is to you and what it looks like and then to align yourself with that truth like live in a way that aligns with that because that will weather you through the storms of of life i think there is peace to be find to be found there and in addition to that to to respect and love others when they choose to choose a different truth than you when they choose a different path, yeah, they're mm-hmm. still the same person. They're still the same person. Yep. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's really, I think, how we experience joy and experience peace is by staying true to what we believe. Well, and being angry over someone else's decisions is fruitless. It doesn't serve anyone. Oh, it, no, it doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve them. If they're not hurting somebody... Exactly. Well, yeah, you, obviously and you, and there's an the exception. And there may be a perception that they may, they may be hurting themselves by by going away from the faith. But, and I haven't seen a lot, but the, the ones that I have seen that have stepped away from the faith, they're not living miserable lives. No. So far as I can tell. And yeah. I mean, I've I seen some that have, but um, but not all. Not all. But it may not be, I, I, my guess is that they might have had, a, if the ones that you've seen that are quote unquote miserable, 
may have been miserable had they Before. stayed in. It, yeah, it's not exactly. because of their membership in yeah. the, the I'm church. I'm open to that. Yeah. Possibly, but I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Well, thank so, you. So to be continued. Ari, you to be continued. Let's meet when back you, here in 12 months when I... 12 months when you're... When you're married. <laughs> that would be or amazing. Or seri- seriously dating or whatever. <laughs> Let's we have him do. on the show. Yes. <laughs> him. You, maybe you'll have a dream about him and you can give me a name. <laughs> we'll see. I don't. Yeah. I actually have no idea who it could be. So we'll. well, that's... From my perspective, I think that... Not that I'm not happily married, but the, the, the excitement of the unknown of that, I think, is exciting. True. True. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a, bur- <laughs> maybe it's a burden. Hey, I think it can be both. Okay. But, but thanks okay. for having me on. Thank you for coming. It's been great talking with you. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Parish the Thought Show.